All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon will begin reading in verse number 17. The Bible says, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee all, <coughs> put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence now, Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy. We do come in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to preach the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to, uh, to do what you would have us to do now. We'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen and amen. I want to preach on this subject on paying the price for others. Paying the price for others. That's where we find ourselves here uh, in this text. Philemon, uh, of course, we know has the runaway, has experienced the uh, the runaway slave Onesimus, who has uh, has taken from him and has has fled to Rome. And in the process, he has re, he has met the apostle Paul, received the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, and Paul is now sending him back home with this personal letter of encouraging Philemon to uh, to forgive him and to restore him, not as a slave, but as a, as a brother beloved. And so Paul is dealing with that. And what's interesting here as we come to this text, we notice Paul's words in verse number 16. He said, Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So Paul uses these words here, not as a servant, but he said above a servant, a brother beloved. I, I think about uh, these days here uh, whenever a slave would, would, would flee from his master, would rob his master uh, the penalty for that was death and Philemon had that opportunity if he wanted to uh, he could bring down vengeance and retribution upon him and he could take his life but Paul uh, appeals to him and Paul uh, his words here is I don't want you just to receive him back as a slave but he said I want you to receive him above a servant and he said I want you to receive him as a, as a brother beloved so real Christian character goes against the world. It goes against what others may think because you have to realize that Philemon could have even received some persecution uh, from other slave owners because of, of maybe the tone that that might set amongst others to think that, well, if I, if I rob my master and I run off and, and, I, and I go out and I say, well, if I get caught, well, I got, I'm, being, I'm a Christian, you know, and, and, uh, and I want to make things right, all in an attempt to save themselves. And so Philemon may be putting his own testimony with other slave owners on the line by showing mercy and grace here. But Paul, his words is, one of a brother beloved. You know, I think that's what we ought to do is show kindness to others even when others have done us wrong. And so we see Paul's words. And secondly, we see Paul's witness. Notice what he said in verse number 17. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. Now consider this. If Paul would not have had a good testimony with Philemon, where would that have left Onesimus? 
You know, as preachers, we have to be careful because our testimony is so very important. Our integrity, uh, listen, our, our um, uh, being a person of character is so important. We don't, we're not perfect and we're, we're not sinless. We understand that. But we ought to carry ourselves in a manner that we have a good testimony both within the church and without. Our testimony and our word ought to mean something. And Paul was a man that had a good witness with the church of Colossus. And he was a man that had a good witness amongst Philemon. And so because of that, Paul could use his testimony uh, as support uh, for uh, the testimony of Onesimus. It had weight. And so uh, his witness meant something. I'm, I'm afraid that some preachers have so marred and scarred their testimony that people have lost confidence in them. If they was to give this kind of request for someone else, uh, uh, the others on that other end would have no confidence in, in the conversion, would have no confidence in this individual. Why? Because the preacher himself has lost his testimony. And so we see Paul's words and we see Paul's witness and then we see Paul's willingness. Look at verse number 18. He said, If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. Look at Paul's willingness in verse number 18. That Paul was willing to pay the price for Onesimus. Paul said, If he has wronged thee or he oweth thee anything, he said, I want you to put that on my account. What about a Christian that's willing to pay the price for another Christian? You know, I think that is the, uh, that's probably no doubt one of the greatest portraits of true Christianity is when we're willing to pick up the tab for others. We're willing to stand in the gap for others. That's what our Savior did for us. He, he paid the ultimate price. He paid a debt that He did not owe. And He paid a debt that I could not pay. And thank God for that. But I want to say as Christians, there's going to be times in our life when we're going to face that, when we're going to have the opportunity to stand in the place of others that uh, when others maybe have come up short, when others maybe have not met the requirements that is needed, but you and I have the opportunity to stand in on their behalf and show true Christian character, true Christian love. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's saying to his dear friend Philemon, he said, I want you to forgive him. I want you to show kindness. And if he owes you anything, if there's anything that he has fallen short of, he said, put it on my account. And he said in verse number 18, he said how, he said, I will repay it. I do not say unto thee that thou owest, in verse number 19, he said, I will repay it. I do not say to thee that thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. So Paul is willing to pay the price for others. I'm preaching on that subject, paying the price for others. Do you know someone today that you could show kindness to and kindness for? Do you know someone today that, that maybe owes a debt? I'm not talking about uh, necessarily a financial debt, although I'm not uh, saying that that wouldn't be a kind act of, of Christianity. But is there someone that, that you could help out along life's way? Is there, some, uh, is there someone out there that you could bridge the gap between two uh, just by showing Christian character? Or is your testimony not good enough? You say, well, preacher, uh, I've done some things that has hurt my testimony. You ought to do something. To, uh, you ought to work now to start regaining that rapport with others. You ought to, you ought to start doing things now so that your testimony uh, could be a help and an influence upon others. Amen. You know, I've seen in, li in, in the Christian life where maybe two brothers would fall out or maybe two sisters would fall out. 
And God would use someone else to be instrumental in bringing them back together. Someone that both of them had confidence in that would bring them back together. They could be the mediator between the two. Now some have tried that, but they didn't have the spiritual mindset or the spiritual character to do so, and so it did not work. But I want to tell you, here we find that Paul is, is just like the Lord Jesus. He is standing between one that has been done wrong and one that has been the doing, doing the wrong. And Paul is standing between the two and he is bringing them together. What a, what a picture, what a type of the Lord Jesus Christ and how that God uh, or that Christ took the hand of God and he took the sinful hand of man and he brought them together and he reconciled us unto God. And we thank the Lord for that. But we're talking about paying the price for others. And we see Paul's words in verse uh, number 16. And we see Paul's witness in verse number 17. And we see Paul's willingness in verse number 18. Thank God Paul was willing to do that for Onesimus and he was willing to help Philemon. Verse number 18, we see here a commitment. As Paul says, if he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put it on my account. We see a consolation in verse number 19. Paul says, I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. Paul gives Philemon a consolation. This is my own handwriting. This is my own words, my own signature. There's a consideration in verse number 19. He says, I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee that thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. You see, Paul had influenced the life of Philemon. Paul had been instrumental uh, in his life. Paul, Philemon owed his conversion uh, to Paul's ministry and Paul had led Philemon to Christ and Paul mentions that in verse number uh, in verse number 19 as he uh, talks about this is something that he gently reminds him to consider that uh, Philemon you're indebted to me just like uh, Onesimus is indebted to you but, but I'm not asking you for anything for myself. I'm not asking you to repay me anything. He said but I will repay the debt that Onesimus Onesimus owes you if he owes anything when he comes. And we see here a commitment. We see a consolation. We see a consideration. And then there's a challenge in verse 20. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. What a challenge. Paul says, he says, Philemon, give me some joy by doing this. He said, refresh my bowels. He said, let me have some joy in the Lord. No doubt Philemon knew that whenever he, he was good to Onesimus, he was being a, a blessing to Onesimus. He was helping his own soul, but he knew that he was being an encouragement to Paul. And that was the heart of Philemon, is that Philemon wanted to be a blessing to the man of God. He wanted to be a, an encouragement. He says, if you really want to bring joy to my heart, if you really want to refresh my bowels, he said, then do this for me, brother. And so we see here this challenge is put forth. And then there's, a, uh, then there's a, a confirmation in verse 21. He said, Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. He tells him here, he says, I know that you're going to do more than what I've asked you to. There's a confirmation in the heart of Paul that he knew that, that Philemon would obey, that Philemon had that type of spirit, that he had that type of testimony. You know, as a pastor, you look around and, and you can see people in your church that you know that if you ask them to do something, that if at all possible, within the realm of reason, that if they can do that, they're going to do that. That's their spirit. That, that's, their, that's their testimony. And I'll tell you, that's the kind of testimony I want to have. I hope that's the kind of testimony 
testimony you want to have. I want to have the kind of testimony that, that I have a surrendered spirit, a willing spirit, that whenever I'm called upon or asked to do something, the task may be great, but God will give grace and God will give the ability uh, to do that. And Paul just puts that confirmation there. He wants Philemon to know that, that just as, as you have confidence in me as the man of God, I have confidence in you as a member that you will do this because of your testimony. And I'm going to tell you, there's people uh, in our church that I can so many people in our church that, that they've got that testimony as well as in other churches. You can think about people right now that, that they've just got the testimony that you know that if you ask them to do something, they're going to do it by the grace of God. What a great testimony. And we see here that Paul is emphasizing to Philemon, let's pay the price for this other brother. Let's be a blessing to him. Let's, let's show him what real Christianity is all about. He owes a debt, but let's show, let's pay the price for him. Paying the price for other, uh, others. I want you to see here that Paul was willing, number one, he was willing to pay the price for him. Uh, as he mentioned this in verse number 19, I will repay it. He said in verse 18, put that on mine account. Paul was willing to pay the price for him in his finances. He knows that what the debt that was owed was a financial debt. Now he has, he has, things have went from bad to worse. He's not only taken from him financially, but he has disobeyed him. He has committed a crime. But Paul says, I, I'm willing to pay the price financially. He says in verse number 19, I have, I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say that thou owest unto me. In other words, this is Paul's promissory note here uh, to Philemon that if there's anything left on his account when I come, he said, I'll pay that. I will take care of that. Paul was willing to pay the price financially. Now, I'm not saying that we ought to just foolishly spend money. But I want to tell you something. A part of being a Christian is being a financial blessing on the behalf of others. I think that people should not expect handouts. They should not expect uh, a Christian brethren just to bail them out. They ought to make it in, their, uh, in this world and trust God by faith and, and live for God. They ought to not rob or steal or do any of those type of things. And we, we know that real Christians do not do that. But on the other side, as believers, sometimes we may be called upon to, to be a financial blessing to others. Maybe we know someone that owes a debt and uh, we could help them out. We could, we could pay that debt for them and, and we can do it because we want to. We can, not because they've asked us to. We can do it because we want to be a blessing to them. We want to show real Christian love. And, and there, maybe we see someone drowning in a debt that, that they cannot help. Maybe hard times have come upon them. And, and we just want to be a Christian and try to, we want to pay the price for them financially. You know, God will bless you for that. God has blessed you financially and you can, you can pay a debt off for someone. If God lays, if He lays that debt on your heart... You ought to do that. You ought to go take care of that need. Now, I don't think that, uh, again, I don't think people ought to come and, and, uh, and, and you know, hint and try to uh, take advantage of people, maybe someone that even has money or someone that's free spending with their money. Uh, listen, I'd be aware of people like that. But I'm talking about if you look out and you see somebody with a debt and you say, you know what, that person's struggling. 
That person, I don't know if they're ever even going to be able to pay that debt off. And it's within my power and it's within my means that I can do that. And, and I won't miss that money like they will. And God will be good to me and God will bless me. I think that there's a reward for reaching out and doing that when the Holy Spirit <clears throat> lays it on your heart, when He speaks to your heart. And I can't help but think that right now, while I'm preaching this message, that no doubt there is somebody listening or that will listen to this message that uh, God is going to speak to you about an individual. He's going to speak to you about an amount of money. And Listen, I don't know what that money is, and I don't know who that money is for. Uh, but listen, if God deals with your heart about that, you say, well, preacher, why should I do that? Number one, because it's being a Christian. But number two, if God put it on your heart, then that means God is going to bless you for being a blessing to them. Now, it may be a financial blessing. He may bless you more financially uh, for being a blessing to them. Uh, I've never seen anybody give financially that what God didn't give more to them and through them than what they gave. But then it may not be a financial blessing, but God May, God may extend your health or God may, uh, may, God may take care of you in some other form or fashion that when He does that, you're going to say, you know what, that's God blessing me because I was willing to pay the price for someone financially. And then secondly, not only was Paul willing to pay the price for, for them in this area concerning his finances, but Paul was willing to pay a price in his faith because Paul was willing to put his own testimony on the line for the testimony of Onesimus. You see, Paul was willing to stand up for him and say that his conversion was legitimate, that his conversion was a true conversion. He was willing to accept him as a son. You see, if Paul would not, Onesimus could have went home and he could have said, you know, uh, listen, I, I, I've, been, I've been born again. Paul preached the gospel and I got saved and, and, and I wanted to come home and make things right. But if Paul would have, have kind of backed away from Onesimus, how would the Philemon would have treated him? How would have others looked at him? But you know what Paul did? He steps up to the plate and Paul, listen, was willing to pay the price for him concerning not only his finances but his faith. Paul says, listen, in verse number 16, he said, don't accept him as a servant. He said, he's my son in the faith. He's a, he's a beloved brother now. And he said, I want you to accept him that way. Paul was, was standing in for his faith and Paul was making good on his behalf that, that he was a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I think that we have to be willing to stand up for others' faith. You know, when people get saved... They may not look like we do. They may not act like we do. They may not talk like we do. But we ought to be willing to go along and, and help them. I know when people get saved, we want them to immediately start acting like us. Or, you know, not that that's a good thing, but, but we learn the lingo. We learn the dress. We learn the terminology. We learn how to conduct ourselves as believers over time. Why is that? Because we saw other people do that. But when people get saved, sometimes they, 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 it takes a while. They have to grow. And I've, I've watched down through the years those more mature Christians. You know what they'll do? They'll reach out to them people when they get saved. And their hair may not be, it may be, uh, listen, that, that young man that gets saved, he may have long hair. And I'm, listen, we know what the Bible says about that. God's not going to condone that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is very clear and very plain, but I've watched them mature Christians love that long-haired hippie when he gets saved. And you know what happens after a while? He get a, he'll get a haircut because the Holy Spirit's living on the inside. Maybe that lady that gets saved, she don't dress appropriate. She doesn't look like the other ladies. But I've watched those mature ladies reach out, that new young, uh, newborn babe in Christ, and reach out and be a blessing and, and give her time to grow, you know, just give her time to, to watch their life and see them as an example. 
example. You know, sometimes we, we want them to grow up too fast. And I'm telling you, we've got to remember it takes time. I don't think when somebody gets saved two years later, they're still living the same way that they ought to be or that they were living before. And I think Christians ought to help them along the way. But, uh, you know, when a man gets saved, uh, you don't pull a pair of scissors out or, or you don't pull out a pair of clippers uh, uh, that very day and, and, and tell him he needs to get a haircut. No. You say, well, preacher, you know how I believe about that. I believe that, that they ought to look right and, they, and, they, and a man ought to look like a man and a woman ought to look like a woman. But what I'm saying is, is that we have to love them where they're at and we ought to be willing to stand up for their faith if they show evidence of true salvation. Give them time to grow. Give them time to, to learn. Give them time to, to, exp to be taught what the Bible says. I, I remember when I got saved and I'm sure many of you can testify the same. There was things I was doing that was not becoming of a Christian. There was things that I didn't know they were wrong. I didn't know they were sinful. I didn't know that, that, it, that it would hurt my testimony. And I appreciate the people that were patient with me. I appreciate the people that took time to, to teach me in the Word of God and through Sunday school and they prayed for me that I would, that I would hear the messages and that I would listen to what was said and, and how it helped me to grow. I'm glad they didn't just cut me off. I'm glad they didn't mistreat me. I'm glad they gave me time. to. And then as I grew and as I got uh, to know more of the Word of God, I can remember my pastor would come and after a while he would say, now listen, you, you've been here long enough. You know this. And, and, and I would say, well, preacher, I really didn't know that was, was altogether wrong. Some of it I did, but he would say, well, it's time you make a change in this now. Let me show you what the Bible says about that. You know what that is? That's them, that's them willing to pay the price in faith, willing to, to have the patience and take the time to, to help me grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He was willing to pay a price in his finances. He was willing to pay a price in his faith. And then I want to say Paul was willing to pay the price in his friendship. Because Paul loved Philemon, and Philemon loved Paul. And Paul was willing to put it all on the line here for the sake of this brother. Philemon could have done what others have done. He could have rejected not only Onesimus, but he could have rejected Paul. And Paul writes this letter. I believe he had confidence in Philemon. He knew he would do the right thing. But Paul puts his friendship on the line. He calls a slave that had robbed him and run away from him. He calls him his son. He calls him his brother. He goes beyond that and says, I want you to also treat him as a beloved brother. He said, I, he said, I want you to accept him uh, now and forever. And Paul puts his friendship on the line. This could have come between Paul and Philemon. Everything was hinging on how that Philemon would, would treat Paul and how he would treat Onesimus. You know, I think a lot of times in life that if we're not careful, we're more concerned about what others, when it comes to dealing with sinners and new converts, sometimes we are concerned about what the brethren are going to think about it. Now, I'm not one of these that get on the bandwagon and say, well, I don't care what the brethren thinks about it. I do care about what the brethren thinks. I love the brethren, and I want to keep a good testimony and a good re report with the brethren. But at the same time, there are some things that some brethren are never going to go along with and some brethren are always going to pick some things apart. And when it comes to those things, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about principle. I'm talking about fundamentals. I, I want to do right and have a good a testimony by the grace of God. And I think we all should. But at the same time, I understand that uh, there's times when we have to reach out and we have to love sinners and we have to love, uh, we have to love new converts. We're to always love them. But there's going to be times when some people may frown upon that. Some people may look 
look at that and say, well, I don't think you ought to have anything to do with that person or I don't think that person's genuine. Maybe someone might look at Onesimus and say, well, I don't think he's genuine. I don't think he's real. But the fact of the matter is Paul was willing to put it all on the line, even if it had cost him his friendship. He knew it was important to try to help Philemon and try to help Onesimus come together. And Paul was willing to, uh, listen, to pay the price in his friendship. Friendship is a wonderful thing. But friendship can be a tragedy whenever friendship comes between principle, when it comes between doing what is right. I have seen people in church a lot of times put friendship above the Word of God. I've seen them put friendship above uh, the, the principal or above the man of God or above the man of God's wife. I've seen that as a pastor. I've seen it in other churches. I, I've preached revivals in just a few short days. I can tell uh, maybe, and there's nothing wrong with having a friendship in, in church. I think people who love each other, listen, they ought to, and some people, uh, they develop a closer bond. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but there is something wrong when that bond comes so strong that you put it above principal. In other words, when you let that person influence you in a way that goes against the Word of God, you let that person influence you in a way that, that takes you away from your church or it takes you away from your loyalty to your pastor or your loyalty to your pastor's wife. I've seen women, listen, they love the pastor's wife and then all of a sudden they got this new friend. And when they got this new friend, guess what? That friend became their, their pastor's uh, wife. All of a sudden they, they drew away from their pastor's wife because they drew to this new friend. They took all their counsel. They took all their advice from this new friend. The problem is God's not going to give that friend the wisdom that God's going to give that pastor's wife because that's a God-given authority in your life. And then I've seen it with pastors. I've seen men. Uh, listen, uh, some man come in the church and develop a friendship. And uh, listen, both men love the pastor, but then all of a sudden one of them got crossed up with the pastor over something. And maybe that pastor was taking the right stand and doing what was right. And that gentleman got uh, upset with the pastor. And all of a sudden, guess what? His friend gets upset with the pastor. You know why? Because he let friendship come in the way of principle. Paul's not going to do that. Paul is going to do what is right for both of these men because principle is right. You know, as I, I don't know why the Holy Spirit would have me to say that. But I would say if you have a friend in church, number one, thank God for that. But have the boundaries. Have the lines drawn where that you're not so loyal to that friend that that loyalty overrides principle. It overrides uh, the leadership. Loyalty should never override leadership. And I believe in being loyal to the man of God, loyal to his family, loyal to your church. But I'm going to tell you something, loyalty to them as preachers. Well, I will say this, we'll, we'll put the balance on it and say, your loyalty to the man of God always needs to be based on the Word of God. In other words, if the preacher leaves the bounds of scriptures, if the preacher's not preaching truth or if he's wanting to do something that's not ethical, then loyalty doesn't come in there. We stay with the book. We stay with the Word of God. But we're living in a day when people are not loyal to the man of God like they used to. We'll certainly say more about that in another message at another time. But I want you to see here that Paul was willing. Paul was willing to, to pay the price for Onesimus. What an example to Philemon. What an example to Onesimus. He was willing to pay the price for him financially. He was willing to pay the price for him in his faith. He was willing to pay a price for him in his own friendship. You know, Onesimus no doubt read this same letter or had it read to him. And no doubt it encouraged his faith and strengthened him, his faith to know that these two men of God would accept him and would treat him as a brother. He had never experienced anything like that before. 
And no doubt it was life-changing that not only had he experienced the forgiveness and the rest, a restoration by a reconciliation by, by, by his Savior and by God the Father, but now he's experiencing it and going to experience it uh, by the brethren, by the saints of God. We could have revival in our churches if we would be willing to pay the price for others. We ought to be willing to pay the price in prayer for them. Be willing to pay the price in, in sharing with them and loving them and caring for them. We ought to be willing to pay the price for others. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to preach this message. God, I, I believe there's probably someone listening right now or watching that, Lord, you've spoke to their heart. You've dealt with them. God, I pray that you would take the message and help them. Help them to realize that part of being a Christian is paying the price for others. Being willing to be a help. Being willing to stand in the way. It ought to cost us something to be a, to be a Christian. And I pray, Lord, that you'll take this message. Speak to hearts. God, I ask you, Lord, to, if that one that may be struggling right now, to, uh, Lord, to reach out to that individual that needs them the most. Help them, Lord. Give them that grace. Give them that courage. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.